welcome to another episode of Podsdale. I'm your host, Holly Walter from the Office of Communication, and today we're coming to you on location with one of our favorite guests, Citizen Advisor Bruce Wall. Halloween is right around the corner, so what better time to hear a spooky story about one of our very own city buildings? But before I talk to Bruce, I'll turn it over to Stephanie Harada for this episode's Fast Five. Hi, I'm Public Affairs Specialist Stephanie Harada with five fast things happening around the city you need to know. Starting us out at number five, it's time to mail in your vote. The city is holding a special election on November 2nd and it is being conducted entirely by mail. Ballots have already been sent out to all registered Scottsdale voters. That means all you need to do is fill out your ballot, seal and sign the envelope and drop it in the mail. It's that easy. The deadline for ballots to be received by Maricopa County is November 2nd at 7 p.m. To learn more, visit scottsdale.vote. Veterans Day is in our number four spot. Join us Thursday, November 11th at McCormick-Stillman Railroad Park for Scottsdale's Veterans Day commemoration. The United States Coast Guard Auxiliary Arizona Band kicks off the program at 3 p.m. with a half hour of patriotic music. Nikki Stratton, whose grandfather survived the attack on Pearl Harbor aboard the USS Arizona, will be sharing his story during her keynote speech. The event is free and open to the public. For more information, visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search Veterans Day. Missed our last vaccine pop-up? Well, our number three spot has got you covered. Scottsdale is hosting additional COVID-19 vaccine pop-ups now through early December. The events will take place most Fridays through December 10th at Horizon Community Center, as well as most Mondays through December 13th at El Dorado Park Community Center. Registration is not required and walk-ins are welcome. For more information about times and details, visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search COVID-19 update. Our number two spot is all about celebrating Scottsdale organizations. A newly installed display at the Civic Center Library highlights 15 Scottsdale organizations that make a significant impact on our amazing community. The display includes a visual image of each organization and a write-up of how the organization supports our community. To find out more, stop by the Civic Center Library to experience this wonderful installation. Lastly, in our number one spot, Scottsdale is partnering with local organizations to help those experiencing homelessness. The city, in collaboration with New Faces Day Relief Centers and two interfaith communities, has assisted 118 individuals experiencing homelessness. In addition, a partnership with Phoenix Rescue Mission has successfully placed 76 individuals into programs, shelters, and mental health programs. To date, 110 clients experiencing homelessness have moved to safe, stable living environments. To find out more, visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search homelessness. And that's our Fast Five for this episode of Podsdale. Got something for a future Fast Five? Tell us by emailing communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. I'll turn it back over to you. Holly? Thanks, Stephanie. We're back with a guest that we had on a previous episode, Bruce Wall. How are you today, Bruce? I'm doing good, thank you. Now, you told us the story last episode of the Sugar Bowl when we had you with us. Uh, Another story you're going to share with us today, but a little more fitting for Halloween this time of year and something that uh, I think a lot of city employees are not aware of, but the fact that we may have some haunted buildings. That's absolutely true. Uh, In fact, before I came to work for Scottsdale, if someone would have said to me, um, have you ever worked in a haunted building? I would have laughed at them. I said, of course not. And and what what would that even mean? And then I came to work at the Community Design Studio in 2016. And at first, I didn't see anything and didn't know what everyone was making a big deal about. But everyone had a story. And the stories were all 
interesting and strange. For example, one person said that they saw like a, a, a person seemed to appear very quickly in front of them and then that person was gone. Another person told me about an organ that used to be in this building that would start to play itself at different times. And it really messed people up. And there were other things of people who didn't want to go into certain rooms, animals that didn't want to go in certain rooms. It, it led to me to start to think maybe this building is haunted. So I decided to uh, do a little investigations and one of my colleagues told me the library had a paranormal investigation team investigating one of the libraries and I went to see it and after that I spoke to them and they agreed to come to do an investigation for this building. Great, so we're gonna hear the story behind that and what happened from the investigation. In fact, to let the listeners know, we are recording this episode within the community design studio. So uh, we'll see what happens. Our producer, Craig, looks pretty nervous sitting here, but uh, he was game to uh, moving locations for our recording. We'll see what happens today. So <laughs> Bruce, go ahead and, and share uh, what you know about what's happened through the history of the building here. Okay, well, the community design studio was originally the Ascension Lutheran Church, and it was built in 1952. And it was a church for about 10 years. It then moved to Paradise Valley, and it, the building began to take on other things. It was for a while um, an art studio called Simmons Art Supplies, and then it was a restaurant and gift shop for a short period of time, and then the city purchased it and has been using it since approximately 1997 as for different things and calling it the Community Design Studio. I can tell you my experience was I was sitting in my office late one night, I was the only one in the building, and I heard someone running across the hallway in front of me, and I knew I was the only person in the building, and the doors were all locked. I came running outside, I looked around, nobody was around. I was by myself, and I never knew how that happened. So then um, I went, I met with Sonoran Paranormal Investigators, and they agreed to come and do an investigation of the building. At no cost to the city, At, I might add, right? Correct. No tax dollars were spent to do this investigation or any of their investigations. So on Saturday, July 13th, 2019, Sonoran Paranormal Investigators did conduct a, an investigation of this building. And it was quite an interesting experience. I was here that night. It was a, a late night. <laughs> Uh, it was very dark the whole time. Most of the lights on the building were turned out. And we went around from room to room, and they asked questions. In fact, uh, I brought some sample clips of some of the questions that were recorded that night. Great. Okay. So give us an example. What was one of the questions asked? So, um, they identified some different spirits in different rooms of the building, and they ask the spirits questions. And you don't hear the answers when you're sitting there. They have to go back and listen to them, and then they tell you what they said. So they just ask a series of questions. One of the questions was asking the person's name, the spirit's name, and then they ask what were the parent's name or the father's name. And they ask that they repeat it three times. They didn't repeat it three times, but you could clearly hear on this next clip what his response was. Okay, let's take a listen. Can you please give us your father's full name three times in a row right now?
Okay, I don't know if everyone uh, picked that up, but it sounds like he's saying his father's name is Patrick. Yes, and that's what uh, actually led me to the conclusion that it wasn't the spirit I was hoping it was going to be. At first, we had thought that that spirit seemed to be someone either in the police or the military because it kept responding to the investigator as sir and kept dealing with as if as if that person had some sort of police or military experience. Okay, and you had some suspicions as to who that could be. Share with our listeners a little backstory on who we thought it could possibly be. Well, I thought with a police background in this area that it might be the very first marshal of Scottsdale, Hurley Pruitt. He, was, he became the marshal in 1951. He did it till 1956. And then I'm actually going to be telling this story in my next presentation, so I don't know how much you want me to, to reveal right now. Well, you know me. I want to hear more, Bruce. What happened? Well, Hurley Pruitt found out in 1956 that he was diagnosed with cancer, and he and his wife were driving a car, and his wife didn't know yet, and he pulled into the parking lot of Scottsdale High School, which is just across the street from where we are right now. Of course, now it's no longer there. But after telling his wife that he was going to die of cancer, he pulled out his gun and he shot himself in front of his wife. Oh, wow. So I thought he had military and police experience. Maybe that was him. But unfortunately, his father's name was George, not Patrick. Okay, so it's not the Scottsdale's first marshal. What else did we find out during that evening of investigation? Well, we found out one of the offices that used to be the office of the preacher that used when this was a church, that office is the home of two female ghosts. And they seem to just hang out and they talked and they answered questions. But there was a little boy ghost that ran from room to room. And at one point he told us to, to leave. He didn't want us to be there at night. So we left the room we were in and came out into the main great area, which we refer to as the nave. Okay, and we're going to play that clip right now. Do you want us to leave? So here you are, Bruce, late at night inside the community design studio with these paranormal investigators hearing different voices. Now, could you hear those voices as they were asking the questions or was that something you heard later on the recording? We heard those later with the exception of one thing. They had a device that they put out in front. We were sitting actually in front of the copy machine and sitting around in a circle. And she said that if the spirit touched the device, it would make a noise and we would know that the spirit was there. So we were all sitting around the circle and they had the device and she said, would you touch it now? Please touch this box now and we'll know you're here. And then all of a sudden they went, bah! and it just scared all of us at that moment. I just jumped too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, it ended up being something that's in that room that made that sound every two minutes on like clockwork. But we didn't know that at the time. We just sat there and kept asking more and more questions and it kept making that sound every two minutes, regardless of what we're saying. And then we finally eliminated that that wasn't a, a spirit. That was just something that's happening in that particular room. Now, you mentioned two women. Do we know anything about them, their ages, any history on the women who are we, within the building? We really don't. We asked a lot of questions, and they didn't really give us any answers. They didn't really want to talk too much. 
Um, there have been some people who have died in the area or some people who are experiencing homelessness that we thought it might have been, but it really ended up not being any of them or they didn't identify themselves by that. They gave different names. Okay, so we have a man who was possibly in the military. We have two women and we have the little boy. So yeah, about an eight-year-old boy. About an eight-year-old boy. Do we know anything about him? We don't. He really was very playful, and he, like I said, he, he asked us to leave one of the buildings, but he really didn't answer a lot of questions. We're, uh, now, are there particular spots within the building? We mentioned the old office, but where do we see a lot of this energy, or is it just throughout the building? It's, a lot of it's throughout the building, but some of the building energy that we see most is in um, the old preacher's office, whose um, office is in the southwest, I'm sorry, southeast corner of the building. Okay, and you mentioned something about dogs acting odd when they've come into the building. What happened yeah. then? Well, one of the staff who used to work here had a dog, and the dog would come and would run and play with all the different staff people as they were sitting in their office when she brought the dog in. With one exception, she w the dog would not go into that same office that used to be the preacher's office, the pastor's office. They just He barked and then ran away. But any other office, the dog would go into. So from what you're telling us, Bruce, it sounds like these ghosts are really friendly. They don't really mean any harm to anyone. Absolutely. That was one of the, the interesting things about it for me was that all the people that, that were there that night, we didn't feel like we were being threatened or intimidated or, or being hurt in any way. It just seemed like they were willing to live and let live with us as part of the community design studio. I mean, these ghosts do live in a world-class community. It's really simply better haunting for a world-class community. <laughs> so we've got four spirits here at the Community Design Studio, but you did mention earlier this all started with the library. What do we know right. about the library? Well, the libraries um, have all been investigated, and they've found something at every one. Um, one of the stories that they told when I was there was one of the librarians was shelving books, and someone kept tapping her on the shoulder, and she whipped around and said, What? and no one was there. That is creepy. And you know, I have only been in this building working with you, Bruce, for a few months, but I had my own experience and uh, we will share that in an email, but a video of one of the rooms here, completely empty, but the lights were flickering. I did manage to get a little bit of that on video. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and we just had one of our uh, receptionists who retired recently, just in the last week or two that she was working here, said that she saw a manifestation of a man just showed up and then vanished in front of her. And the building was locked and the front door was locked. So there was no man in the building at the time. Wow. Now, and I know there's other stories out there. So any of the listeners, if you've had any personal experiences here at the design studio with our, it seems to be friendly visitors, let us know at communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. And we'll share those stories later after the podcast. Now, part of this is, is part of a class that you just put together, Bruce, and you mentioned it, but share some more information about Spooky Scottsdale and what that is. Okay, on October 28th at the Mustang Library, doing a presentation called Spooky Stories of Scottsdale, where I'm going to take three different times and tell the story of three different people who met an untimely death. Um, one of the times is 1937, then going into 1956, the, the story about the town marshal, and then in 1980, the story of a, of a resident who met an untimely death. 
with a hatchet. Oh boy, okay. So you said October 28th, um, and that can also be viewed on Zoom, correct? That's right, you can register, um, if you go to the city's website, search college, and then find the neighborhood college page, you can sign up either in person or on Zoom, although we're only allowing 50% occupancy in the library at this time. Okay, so if you're not completely creeped out already by our story today, uh, and you want more, uh, be sure to sign up for Bruce's class and learn more about Spooky Scottsdale. But for our city employees, uh, that's the story of the spirits who haunt our buildings. And uh, we'd love to hear more stories if our listeners have them. So send them our way. And Bruce, thank you again for joining us and sharing that story with us today. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right, you too. That wraps up this episode of Podsdale. And with that, here's our trivia question. How many friendly spirits call the community design studio their home? Email your answer to communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. And I'll be back in two weeks for another episode. Until then, happy haunting. Have a great Halloween and stay safe.